You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 142 of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm Mary, and I'm here with my co-host, Jamie. And today we're talking all about customer service. I love this topic. It's a good one. I have strong opinions. (laughs) When do you not have strong opinions? Valid. (laughs) I was trying to think of something I don't have a strong opinion about. I Mm. thought you were trying to think. I was like, oh, I was actually going to say something. Actually, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about this was such a fun conversation. The question was posed, what are some things that people love that you're just like, eh, about? And that's what fell into my head. Um, And we had a very funny conversation about what are some of those things that people like love and you're just like, meh, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. It's just there. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say maybe data, but yeah, yours is not an eh for data. It's a... Mm. I actually, I actually really like data now. I have to say, you know what it is. I if someone can hand me an organized chart of data, I'm psyched to read it. It's just I don't want to organize the data or figure out what data I need to know. I just want someone to hand me something very pretty (laughs) with lovely colors that says, "Here you go." Okay, let's let all of our listeners know that 2020 is the year Jamie turned the tide. Oh no other gosh. year could do it, but 20, 2020 did it. 2020 broke me is really what it comes down to. It's not even over. It's not, but it's getting close. Oh, my But Lord. customer service, we love our customers. I feel so strongly about customer service. Customer service is everything. And it's, it's every, a big deal. It, it really, I mean, everything from a small, like a, I'm talking like a not small product, but like a product that may not be expensive, a couple dollars, mm-hmm. all the way up to the super expensive high touch services or super expensive large product purchases. Everywhere mm-hmm. in between customer service, customer relations matter. Agree. And I think it's not top of mind for people so much sometimes, like, you can get so inundated with all of the other things that you have to do in your business that it's like, okay, once, once someone buys, it's like on to the next person. And it's really, I mean, it shouldn't be like that because you need to keep the relationships going, you know? Yes, I completely agree. 
honestly, it can make or break in my experiences, whether or not I'll buy from someone again, even if I think they have the greatest product. Yeah. Or service. Or service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't think of a, I'm trying to think of a, a company that I would let that go if it wasn't, not if it wasn't excellent, but I'm talking if it's bad. Yeah. However, if I'm sort of on the fence about something and I find a business or, or a business that has excellent customer service, I will 100% switch. Totally. Yeah. Even like I had an order once that got messed up, but they made it so easy to, to, and they fixed it right away that I was like, okay, I don't mind that you messed up Yeah, and I will buy from you again. Yeah. I am so much about the like, I'm sorry, <laughs> let yeah. us make it right versus someone being like, well, that was your fault or we can't help it or it's out of our control or right. yeah, I agree with that. I think as small business owners, it is definitely something some small businesses do amazing and others completely forget. I feel like many times small businesses and entrepreneurs get so wrapped up in the sales cycle that they forget yeah. that they've then landed a client <laughs> that has right. to be serviced <laughs> in some way. Yes. Yes, exactly. So that's, it's kind of what we're going to talk about today because I mean, our guest today, she's amazing, mutual friend, Stacy Sussman, and she talks all about CRM tools because it's not just, it's not just, you know, okay, it's the interacting when a problem comes up, but it's really the whole life cycle that your customer sees and what, you know, and how do you nurture those relationships? How do you keep up with those contacts and circle back with people when you need to, you know, finding leads versus actually servicing them as a client. So it all goes together. That's good. It goes along with our monthly theme. Look at that. (laughs) I know. I know. That's good. Stacy's awesome too. She's, she's like, she was the first person I think that popped into both of our heads when we were talking about this topic. She's fantastic. CRMs are just, they're overwhelming a little bit, I think. They are. And there's lots of choices, lots of choices. So, and well, I guess we we should start with what is a CRM, right? (laughs) But it's, (laughs) it's where you manage your customers. It's a database for managing your customers. And, and she goes into a lot of that, why it's important and, and what you need even to be able to grow in thinking longer term, which people don't always think about. She gives a lot of the good good details in that. That's good. Yeah. Automation with a touch of, you know, personalization, I think is like finding that balance is the hardest part with the CRM. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you in order to scale, you absolutely have to automate in some way, shape or form. But you also Mm -hmm. have to make sure that you're not just sending forms after forms after forms that would drive people crazy. Right. Or that they're too generic that it's like, you feel like they don't even know who you are as a person. Yeah. So that that is a fine line that we've definitely found in hashtag legal and dealing in our CRM. We we used Upsado um, and we have spent <laughs> a lot of time because the issue we have in hashtag legal is I have to use two systems because my I have an yeah. attorney management system. That attorney management system is specific for tracking time and um, our invoices are I utilize like a specific payment provider for lawyers because we have like an added layer of it's boring. It doesn't matter, but it's, you really need to use one of those, but that those law practice management, their CRM portions are terrible. So we've had to piece together Dubsado, which is not specifically for law firms, although they've realized that a lot of law firms use them. 
Oh, um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've we've given them a, a whole bunch of feedback. And there's a lot like I'm in a bunch of lawyer groups that are like small business, small, you know, law firms owned by, like by individuals or smaller law firms, not like the huge ones. And a lot of them used Upsado because the workflows are so great. But it's taken Brie. I mean, Brie does the videos, the training. She'll get on the phone with them. Like Dubsado is no joke to really utilize it as like a good tool. Oh, yeah. There's people that that's their whole job is to help you implement that. Yeah, I know. Uh, that See, that is that is something I feel strongly about that I would never do. <laughs> <laughs> Great tie in there. I love Thank how you. you did that. Yeah, you like that? That would make me crazy, too. I would not be able to do that. It's hard. You have to have an extreme attention to detail. You have to be really interested in the, t- I mean, I like the tech part, um, mm-hmm. but figuring out, like we've honed our workflows. We're constantly tweaking them, constantly changing them based on feedback we get. Sometimes we think we've written a question in a way that's very clear and the clients are like, what are you talking about? And realizing that yeah. once I have to explain a, qu- a question more than once, we're going to go back, we're going to fix it. So you have to constantly be looking at that. Yeah, that's a great point. I I like how things, so I've used Dubsado in the past and I like how you can have the workflows, but then like also keep just the profile information and do the emails through there and everything like, yes, it's just really, but it, it, it's not always so intuitive. So I did have to ask the help desk sometimes. Yeah, no, it's not. I don't find it. I don't find any of them very intuitive. Right. That's true. Yeah. And it could be just because my brain doesn't work that way. But even Brie, who finds these things intuitive, is she's the first. We did it with Kajabi, too, when we launched the courses. Brie got on a call. She was filming yeah. video. She was watching videos like to make the most of it because there's a lot of hidden stuff that just poking around you won't be able to figure out. Right. Brie, you get a star, a gold star. <laughs> I know. I, I, I often am like, you should listen to the podcast. I, I sent <laughs> you a love note. <laughs> One big star per each system that you use. She's so good. Oh, my goodness. All right. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's important. It's important for us to cover this. And I I think a lot of listeners will kind of see that, too. And hopefully this motivates them to get working in better systems to help their marketing efforts. Agreed. Okay, so let me tell you about our guest today. Stacey Sussman is a leader in scaling small to mid-sized enterprises and startups to grow their revenue through sales and marketing strategies that combine talent, tech automation, and operational tools to move at a very fast pace. As the Chief Technology Officer of SSR Digital Group, Stacy has built an impressive career managing over $50 million in digital partnerships for companies ranging from high-growth startups to Fortune 500 conglomerates. Stacy loves teaching her partners how technology can actually make your life easier and ultimately save you time. She'll assess, advise, and tackle your company's tech stack to create efficiency in your workflows and optimize your revenue growth. And now, on to the episode. I am very excited to announce the launch of the UnBusiness School, Hashtag Legal's new course offerings. In our first round of classes, we've created a series of mini classes on the following topics business formation, contracts, trademark, copyright, and terms and conditions and privacy. Whether you are a designer, developer, creator, or you own your own brick and mortar business, we will be breaking down the topics you need to know that can confuse many business owners. We've capped all videos at 20 minutes to make sure we get the most important subjects without all of the unnecessary legal jargon. You can choose the mini class you want, or you can buy a bundle and make a masterclass. 
We are here to provide you confidence to make decisions about your business. You no longer have to fear the legal side of your business because you'll be empowered to make decisions and will know when you need to ask for help. For more information, go to school.hashtag-legal.com backslash the unbusiness school. Hi, Stacey. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mary. So excited to be here. Yes. I'm so excited to have you here. We're going to talk about so many great things, but I know you just have so much information to share with our audience. Can't wait. Yes. Okay. So we're jumping right in talking about CRMs today. So first, can you tell our audience what is a CRM? Yes, I would love to. CRM software uh, stands for a customer relationship management tool. Basically what it is in sort of a nutshell is it will record interactions that you're having with various different prospects or customers and will give everyone in your organization a system of truth that you're able to see everything about the customers to what you prospected them for, what they bought, and any sort of customer service information that you have about them. What type of businesses need that software? Everyone. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So why, let's go through like, why would a service business need it? And then maybe why would a product business need it? Like what could be the differences? I mean, think of a CRM as kind of like a modern day in the cloud version of old school business cards that you have in kind of like a Rolodex. So you'd want to know that my name is Stacey Sussman. I live in New York City. You want to know where I'm located and sort of any other like notes about me, why I came to you in the first place, what kind of what source I came. Did I you know, download something or ask for specific information. And then every sort of additional interaction you have with me, you'd want to record what that activity looks like. So you're not asking the customer the same questions over and over again. You have like a running history uh, of what that conversation looks like over time. So would that be, so that's also when, when someone first hears about your business, it starts like right at the beginning? Yes. So a CRM, I like to think of customers in two different ways. I think of them either as a lead or kind of a contact. A lead in simplest terms is someone you're prospecting to. And then a contact is an actual paying customer. Okay. So if someone's a lead, would they be coming to your site themselves? Like how, how would you capture them as a lead? You would definitely capture them if they're coming to your site. So they would probably need to have like a call to action to sort of get your attention, wave their hands and say, hey, pick me, I want to talk to you. So they would need to fill out a form, uh, maybe of like a contact us on form on your website and they'd request more information or maybe you were giving a webinar and they gave you your email address or maybe you have a service page and you give some pricing information and they have like a very specific question about one of your packages. Okay, awesome. And how would that differ from an email list or having a contact on an email list? One piece, I work in revenue operations. So it kind of straddles three different pillars of your business. For us, we're talking specifically about CRM, but I think from a high level perspective, it would just be good to understand kind of the different funnels. One funnel is kind of marketing generation funnel. 
So that an example would be you give a webinar, you have a killer webinar, hundreds of people reply and they give you their email address. They say they want to sign up and now they sort of like opt into your email list and you have permission to email them and send them information. The next funnel that I think kind of the CRM really moves the handoff from marketing is into the sales pillar of your organization. So that is someone is either vaguely interested or hot, hot, extremely interested in your service. And you want to talk to them now, obviously, depending on how interested they are, how quick you'd get to them. And sort of the third funnel is customer service. So not only did you now send messaging to them, they said they're interested, took you time to close them, negotiated a deal, you're a paid customer. I think the piece people forget about is the easiest customers to keep are the ones that you have. Um, the hardest customers are the ones you have to go after and prospect to. Okay. So that would take them through the whole process. And then you're saying the CRM can also help you to nurture them after they're a customer? Exactly. So I envision the CRM helping with kind of all those different funnels. So you may have another tool that connects into the CRM. So you mentioned um, sort of email marketing. So maybe you use an active campaign or a MailChimp where you send out scheduled, consistent messaging to some of those folks in different lists you may have based on whether they open things or click things or reply to things, that type of interaction and information can actually be captured within your CRM so that you're not looking at sort of two systems and saying, who did I mail this to? What does this look like? Um, the folks in your CRM would say, you've sent this person a campaign about um, a, a COVID webinar you're having and sort of here's what it looks like. And then you send them another email, your monthly newsletter about a new service you're offering. And then you send them another monthly email. And then kind of after that third interaction, they said, hey, Stacey, I really want to talk to you now because you're in their sphere. They understand who you are. All right. So basically whatever activity they have in terms of an email, it's funneling up into the CRM, if you look exactly. at it that way. So the way I like, I like to talk in like metaphors and visuals, because I think for folks that are not super technical, it's easier to understand. So mm -hmm. think of your CRM system as a wheel and think about other systems that connect into the wheel, um, the pipes, I like to call them, and the plumbing, right? So if you want to take a shower, you need it connected to pipes to get water, to take a shower, to feel clean. So Think of the CRM system as the funnel, which with everything flows sort of in and out. And the other systems um, can record pieces of that flow, write it back to the CRM system. And then based on the activity or interaction that happens from a history perspective in the CRM, you would call that person, you would send them another email, you would send them a proposal, a pricing quote. It, it sort of depends where you are in the customer journey. Okay. Okay. So how would the process differ or how do you think people's tools and what they use would differ if they're first starting out versus as they're growing? What does it look like when you're first starting out? There is a ton of free tools that enterprise companies use. Um, however, they pay heavy licenses and heavy monthly sort of fees to have access to different features and functionality within these tools. But 
it's a little secret that you can get <laughs> these tools for free. And then when you sort of like max out to a functionality perspective, then you upgrade and then you pay for that tool. For example, a great CRM for new businesses I love is HubSpot. There is a free version of HubSpot and there is certain functionality you can do. And there's certain functionality that say, for example, email templates, the free version, you can only have five, but if you pay for it, you can have, you know, five, 10, 15, 20, or unlimited, depending on your license type. So there's lots of stuff you can do to lay the foundational groundwork of your business. And then you just pay for it, like a pay as you go model. I like to say, start with the free stuff. And then when you grow, you you get a system that can expand with your business. So you don't have to switch off the tool. However, you can just pay for sort of enhanced functionality. Yeah, that's great. Because then you don't have to worry about like transferring all the data somewhere else, right? Yes. And I think a lot of folks think short-sighted. So they kind of say, oh, this tool works for now. I think the kind of key in what I do sort of every day is what I call future proofing. So making sure that the system stands up now. However, in one year, in three years, in five years, where do you want to go with the system? And sort of what are the limitations or maximums there? For example, I'm going to have a mailing list of a million contacts. Okay, that's awesome. That's your five-year goal. However, does the system even support a million contacts? If the answer is sort of no, and eh, there's a different system. <laughs> Sorry. That's our signal. <laughs> okay, that's great. So then how would you know, like as you're growing, would you just go by which features you want? Or how would you know what's like worthwhile to pay for and what to add? Yeah. So I would say, take a play out of Mary's book. Um, I would like have a strategy that says, where do I want to go in, you know, the next year? Where do I want to go? And I like to do it in a couple year increments. So year three, year five, knowing obviously that can change, but you have to sort of, you're driving the car, you need a roadmap of what state you're, you're going to. So you kind of say, you know, I'm going to have a million followers and I want to send scheduled sort of email campaigns and I want to have calendar integrations and I use Gmail. So does it support G Suite? And kind of you list a bunch of these functionalities and I would waterfall it, meaning not every system is going to be perfect. That is just not true. It's technology. So it's like, what are the top 10 things you need? And then prioritize those 10 things. And so it's like, if the system could do one through seven, awesome, we're in a good place. And then if it could do, you know, eight, nine and 10, great, but it's not a must have, it's a would be nice to have kind of thing. You're speaking to my soul. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. And then how about, would you just repeat that as you get farther along in business and as you grow more? Because at some point, I don't know, do you, do you have to make bigger changes? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say at some point you might have to make some more bigger decision, bigger business decision changes. So I like to set my companies up for success from growing from SMBs or SMEs to being really more of like an enterprise company. So it's great that you're, you know, solopreneur, you own an LLC, you're starting out your business, but sort of what's the end vision or what would be success? What? How do you define success? for your company and what does that look like? 
and make sure that these systems, again, are like future-proof, it's very hard to tell sort of with technology if it could, you know, hold up over time, I would say. But if you have a list of where you want to go, it will be helpful to sort of understand what the technology can do. And then I would say like two caveats are there's new technologies that come out all the time. So something that maybe works for now, the technology might not exist in five years or the there might be a better iteration of it that when you retrospectively looked at it, you said, oh, I did that. But that's all the best information I had at the time. That was the decision that they made. And then I think the other one is the pitfall, which I do all the time is people say, oh, we just, this was the name we knew. So we just pick that one. And I can't even tell you how many times I've ripped out that random system and installed something that was more future proof because they didn't do their diligence. They didn't ask someone or hire someone that's more of like an expert in this. And they just kind of flew by the seat of their pants and went with the first maybe Google search. And that's just not a strategic way to run a business. Right. Like page one of Google, <laughs> the, t- the top half of page one of Google. Yeah. First search. Okay. This looks good. Go for it. Um, and if you're going to do that, uh, advice would be go to the technical specs and sort of the limitations there and say, it will say really clearly, it's like a chart that's like, it offers this, it doesn't offer that. It's usually like an X or a check mark. And if the things you need, at least 50% aren't in <laughs> what the system says, find, find something else. Because you're just going to end up, it's going to cost you more later because you're going to actually have to hire someone to sort of rip it out and install a new process. Because at that point, you'll have valuable data in there that you actually will need to transfer to a new system versus starting from scratch you have like a blank canvas. It almost makes me think of like an emotional decision versus a data-driven decision or something. Exactly. <laughs> like looking at what you really need. Okay, so what are some of the things that you that you look at for businesses? Like what are some of the basic features that you think people should be paying attention to? I think contact um, limitations are a big one. Some folks, their business might only end up being a few thousand customers and that could be really successful for that business. But some folks, if they're growing a community or sort of a course or something like that, they might need a higher pool to go after. So maybe they need hundreds of thousands or a million or something like that. So you need to make sure the system can hold that. And also if it holds that, what's the financial implications of what that looks like? Because it may be free up into a certain number. Like it may be free for your first 500,000, but then after that, the price is exponentially higher. And that could be great because that may be in your three or five year plan, but you just want to make sure financially that you can afford it. Yeah. Building in that piece of how much it is, because that could be a big chunk of, of like what your expenses are then. And some of these tools, um, I would say as you're starting out, they let you pay monthly. So that's like really good. So you could start with the free one, then you can upgrade to like a monthly plan. And then you can always like sort of upgrade within the monthly plans. But at some point when you do get to be more of a bigger business, they will lock you into sort of annual contracts. And that's when a system's going to cost you from a few hundred dollars to maybe a few thousand dollars. And so you want to use that system properly and make sure you're using it. I have a client that just said to me, hey, we're using this 
contract tool and we have 20 licenses and we found out only one of our one of our people uses it and then so the 19 other licenses are just a waste of money and they're locked into an annual contract so they're just throwing money out the door really oh yeah along with like the capacity uh what are some of the other things that you look at so integrations is a big big yeah. one so i mentioned hubspot was a great like free crm it integrates with so many different tools and so many different systems. So I would say you have to make sure that it integrates with other tools that you're going to use. So think again, you know, your CRMs that wheel and then you have different plumbing connecting to it. If the uh, systems don't integrate or your inventory management or your calendar integration or your email marketing doesn't integrate, it might be worth rethinking sort of what that tech mix looks like. So that's a really big one. You can also purchase tools like Zapier or Trey.io, which basically creates these like zaps. So it's like a hack to make the plumbing work. So if either of those things, you know, can't work, you got to kind of start from scratch, I would say. Okay. And then I would say ease of use. Uh, folks that are using technology may not be technically savvy, and that's okay. However, you need to use a tool that's intuitive, or they have live chat or webinars or customer support. And they even offer this for free versions that you can access someone else that has the answers to the knowledge gap you have. You don't have to know everything about the tool. I think the big question I ask to my clients all day is, don't tell me how to do the technical thing because I'll come up with what that looks like. Tell me in plain English as if you're talking to a kindergartner, what business problem or solution you're trying to marry or solve for. And then I will come up with the technology to, to make that work. Excellent. Okay. I love these that you looked at because it covers a variety of things that all kind of need to work together no matter what. Exactly. And then you also had mentioned, you know, product versus kind of like service business. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, you kind of straddle different businesses. So I'd say you would also want to use a CRM to like know information about your customer. So if you're a retail store and you know that Stacy is a petite person and this is her size and she likes wearing black, um, you might want to put sort of like profile data about me into your CRM tool. So when you're sending messaging to me and you've developed this amazing new black dress that everyone has to have, you'd go to your, you know, kind of customers and say, who are my customers that love black and like wearing short dresses without sleeves and all this other kind of data. And if you have kind of that sort of metadata about your customers, you can really tailor your messaging to that person. Because um, if I, you sent that same message to Mary and Mary's like, I will never wear black. I only like <laughs> red and the dress doesn't come in red. Then you're just kind of talking to two different people that have two different styles. Yeah. So that, that makes me think like as you expand and as you grow and maybe offer more products and services, you're also tracking your customers in a way that like you can cater more towards them in, a, in an individual way even. Yes. So there's a lot of marketing tools that 
kind of use, I'll give a broad term, kind of like you can make your website have like sort of smart content. So meaning if Mary's on the site and Stacy's on the website and the tools know different pieces of information about us, you can actually customize your form or part of your site to speak to the different personas and profiles of Stacy versus Mary. So even though we're accessing the same kind of information, it's, it's a lot more tailored to our personalities. That seems very advanced. Is that very advanced? <laughs> <laughs> there is very advanced, but HubSpot, for example, has kind of templates that all you have to do is say, Mary's a red kind of gal and Stacy's a black kind of gal. And whenever you see a red persona, you send this messaging to them. And whenever you see a black persona, you send that messaging to them. So although it seems very advanced, if you're, like I said, talking to a kindergartner, dumb it down, it's not as scary as it sounds. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. It reminds me of like, even for emails, you may like send one type of email to someone versus another. So it just sounds like you can also do that like on your website. Exactly. And then, I mean, if you have returning customers, maybe they get a certain messaging versus you're prospecting to someone that hasn't purchased for you. So if it's a returning Mm -hmm. customer for Mary and, you know, you know that they're buying mesh underwear and they told you they're having a baby and their next baby is due in January, you might send messaging about 60 or 90 days before January to say, hey, have you thought about this product lately? Because you had some data that says this person's pregnant, this is when they're due. And then you kind of like back out the timeline and say, usually my customers buy this, you know, 90 to 60 days before they give birth. Let's start sending messaging to get on the radar. So when they click purchase, it's going to be my product. Mm-hmm. It's almost like even like those apps that like, yeah, track the number of weeks and pregnancy or something like that. Um, a, a different take on it. But yeah, projecting when someone might need a specific thing. Yeah. And that's what my enterprise customers do too, from like a big corporation. They know when their contract starts and their contract ends. And we create automation that says, We need to open up the conversation 180 days before the contract ends. And so we create like automation that reminds the salesperson their contract's ending in 180 days. These were the terms they agreed on for now. Try to get them to re-sign or sort of re-up the deal at maybe a higher price point. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah, it, it actually makes me think also of like, yeah, with inventory management, when do you need to reorder product? Exactly. And then you could have maybe an integration with your inventory management tool that says, I'm estimating that I'm going to have 100 new clients that are going to buy mesh underwear in January. Do I even have the inventory to manage that if the requests come in? And this is, again, an estimate based on historical. But with all the data being in one system, you can really look at the data and say, oh, wow, I got to call my factory and say, I think we're going to have a surge in sort of January. Are we prepared? Do we have the materials? Do we have the packaging? Like all that kind of good stuff. You mentioned earlier too some mistakes you alluded to, like people just picking a system, you know, based on where they are right now. Are there any other common mistakes that you see people make when they try to approach this? A lot of people get frustrated, I think, with tech. And so they sort of give up. And then they just manually put everything in 
let's just say an Excel spreadsheet or in a notebook. Mm-hmm. And I like don't think that's like the best way to do it because that manual process is not going to be scalable over time. So if you want to be, you know, a multi-million dollar business at some point, remember the processes that you put in place now have to be repeatable. So if it's going to your pink notebook and writing down, you know, Mary ordered five items, like not going to be scalable. But what you could do is every time you do a repeatable process, you can write down directions to how you'd want that process to look. And then sort of eventually over time, you can sort of match the process to the system because I have a lot of clients that come to me and say, I want to use the system implement it. And there's a little like, why do you want to use the system? What, <laughs> what, are, what are we trying to solve for? And I think kind of the, the why and the directions, I like to create like a roadmap for my clients. Okay, here's the roadmap. Here's sort of what we agreed on. We can always find a tech system that matches our roadmap. However, if we haven't decided on the roadmap, you're like in the forest, in the woods, saying like, what's north, south, east, or west, and you have no idea. (laughs) And then you're wasting more time, right? Exactly. Yeah. And being scattered all over the place. Okay. Yeah, I totally And the more you can kind of call together, I would say, like the scatteredness in some sort of organized way, that would be really helpful. And also, I think you have to think, because the founders like to do everything, if I, God forbid, (laughs) got hit by a bus tomorrow... Can this business go on? Can someone sort of recreate what this looks like without, you know, being inside my head? Because I get into a lot of new customers and they're like, Stacey has all the information she needs, but it's all in her head. It's like, well, that's just not going to help us. (laughs) So then we have to do these, you know, strategy sessions to kind of data dump everything they know and, and actually put it pen to paper and then put it to a system. It's timely because we we recently had Mary Beth Simone on the podcast about contingency planning. And it's the same kind of thing. Like everything's in your head. You have no like backup or system. And then what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What would you say to people that think like that think that they're too small, maybe or like, oh, that's okay. I have that part covered or I have to do it like because of control or something. What would you tell them when they're considering a CRM? So I think you're never too small to have technology. I mean, right? I mean, at this point in my business, I have a website. I have a domain. It's oh, I have my domain personally is by GoDaddy. My website's on Squarespace. I have an email that's G Suite through. It's a Gmail. Um, I have calendar integration with Calendly. I have a CRM with HubSpot. So even being like a you know small business owner, I still have a variety of tech tools that come with being a small business owner. I have an invoicing system, uh, uh, Zoom, like virtual meetings. So even if you say you're small, that's great. But how are you interacting with your customers um, from a meeting perspective? And then how are you sort of recording that data? These are sort of the ABCs of business. Okay, we're hearing it from you. Tech isn't scary <laughs> <laughs> or shouldn't be scary. Or even if you think it's scary, do it anyway. <laughs> and don't pick the first thing on your Google search. <laughs> <laughs> right. Excellent. Okay. So, Another question we like to ask everyone that comes on the show, what is something that you used to fear in your business but don't anymore? 
So I feel very confident now that being in business for a couple of years that I sort of know what I'm good at or what I love doing or what I'm passionate about doing and things that I could do, but I'm sort of going to refer out or pass to a professional colleague that I know. So I feel like focus on the things that you're most passionate about or you're good at or you've maybe even pivoted your business and you're like, this is who I was then, but this is who I am now and line in the sand. I'm not going to take all the things that I love and all the things I don't love. I've built like a referral network of folks that I can refer that business out to someone and, you know, good karma, meet Mary, she'll help you there. That would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. That's a really good one. I don't think we've had that one yet. And that's a really good one. (laughs) Because I feel like when you first start out, you try to be everything to so many people because Mm -hmm. I think fair failure, you're figuring it out, you're getting your sea legs, like what does this look like? Whereas, and Mary, you know, when you're a couple of years in your business, you're like, I've tried a bunch of things now. These are the things I love. These are the things I'm going to stick with. And we're going to sort of get rid of all the other things that we don't like doing or we don't think we can be someone better can do. Yeah. Amazing. Excellent. Okay. And Stacey, can you share where everyone can learn more about you and where they can find you online? Yes. My website is SSR digitalgroup.com. My name is Stacy Sussman. And basically what we do is help companies figure out what their business strategy is from a process standpoint. And then we streamline that with technology and automation. So I'd love to hear from anyone that's listening. Um, no question is too big and no question is too small. So for those that love tech, awesome. But for those that don't like tech, that's okay too. We can talk. Stacey will hold your hand through it because she's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show, Stacey. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. I am very excited to announce the launch of the UnBusiness School, Hashtag Legal's new course offerings. In our first round of courses, we have created a series of mini classes on the following topics, business formation, contracts, trademark, copyright, and privacy. Whether you are a creator, a developer, or you own a brick and mortar business, we will be breaking down the topics you need to know that can confuse many business owners. We are here to provide you confidence to make decisions about your business. You no longer have to fear the legal side of your business because you will be empowered to make decisions and will know when to ask for help. For more information, go to school.hashtag-legal.com backslash the unbusiness school. That was very helpful. I'm still great. not going to do those things, but I'm going to tell Bree to listen to this. <laughs> For multiple reasons now. Bree, listen, because we told you you deserve all the stars. Exactly. Plus, Stacey's awesome. Because you can incorporate all these things. Yeah, she's phenomenal. I love how she, I just love how she speaks about these things and makes, you know, just makes tech more understandable and relatable for people. Agreed. I feel like we should ask um, and find out what CRMs people are using and what systems they have in place. Because I think sharing this information is incredibly helpful. Even if you're in a different industry, it is really helpful to see how people use their CRM. So if you are not in our Facebook group, you can find us at Fearless Business Podcast HQ or at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.
And you know we love reviews. They're very much appreciated. So please leave a review wherever you listen. Thanks and talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit thetransitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.